0: Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. Hello and welcome back. Today, we have a special episode, and we're going to be talking about business. If you are a business owner, especially a minority business owner, this is your opportunity to educate yourself and learn about some resources that you can utilize to improve your business. Today, we have with us Ms. Terry Reed, who is the project director of the MBDA Business Center in El Paso, Texas. Terry, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing fantastic. Thank you, JR, for inviting me, and I'm looking forward to our discussion today.
0: Well, Terry, we're looking forward to uh, talking to you and having a lot of our listeners learn how they can improve their business and take advantage of some of the programs that are out there. Now, before we get started, let us talk about you run the MBDA Business Center in El Paso. What does MBDA stand for?
1: So MBDA stands for Minority Business Development Agency. It is an agency with the US Department of Commerce. And our MBDA Business Center in El Paso is part of a national network of over 50 funded centers. Uh, These technical centers are located in major cities throughout the United States and Puerto Rico. And the job of the MBDA Business Center is to help our clients to increase financing and contracting opportunities and help them to create and retain jobs.
0: When you say help your clients, who are your clients or how does somebody become a client?
1: Right. So for me in El Paso, our clients are primarily contractors, people, businesses that work with local, state and federal agencies and becoming a client of the MBDA center, whether it's El Paso or the closest one to you here in Texas, there are four. So you would contact that center, sign up to be a client and let their business development specialists go to work at helping your business to grow.
0: So, Terry, let's just break it down. I'm a business owner. I want to improve my business. I want to do business with possibly the state or some federal business or I just need help in in jumpstarting some things that I'm doing. If I came to your center, how could you help me? How would I start the process to get help from you?
1: So, again, give me a call and I'm sure you're going to give my contact info, but I'll give it to you as well. Call me at 915 915- and make an appointment to come in for a confidential assessment. I'm gonna visit with you, find out all there is to know about your business and talk to you about where you wanna go with it. Who are your current customers and clients and who do you wanna do business with? And then we're gonna look into our toolbox. Lots of resources, lots of information and guide you to getting to that that you want to be at with your company. For example, say you're a landscaper and you want to do work instead of just in residential areas with commercial businesses. How do I help you to become as attractive as possible to a commercial business? And there are a lot of ways to do it. Once we figure that out, we're going to tackle your marketing plan and really just move forward in a step-by-step process to get you where you need to be.
0: So you help develop marketing plans, business plans, Help me with, with advertising, basically everything I need.
1: Basically everything that you need. And it would either be myself or one of the members of my team. We have business development specialists. Uh, the MBDA Business Center is operated by the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. So we are a technical center within the chamber. So in addition to the MBDA, That takes care of emerging businesses or those that are growing. We also have a women's center funded by the SBA that serves as our startup arm. So, if you're a customer, a client, an entrepreneur that is just got a great idea and is not really sure where to go, you would be routed to the women's center to help you put together your business plan. If you are over three years old, you're gonna come to me and my team, and we're gonna help you with what you need for your growing business
0: when you say over three years old are you talking like I'm like 63 right now I mean we business <laughs> Oh, your you business is the Okay. Now, Terry, I'm not a woman, but I still would like to get some of the information or advantages that the Women's Center has. Do you have another component there that could be helpful to me?
1: Well, absolutely. Our Women's Center, it was uh, started over 20 years ago and again, funded by the SBA, which specializes in business startup. So even though it is called the Women's Center, anybody can come to that center and get technical advice from our business counselors. As a matter of fact, 49% of the clients in the Women's Center are men, so our startup arm. You don't have to be Hispanic to be part of the chamber either. So, I mean, there is a little bit of misnomer with it, but really give us a call and let us put you in the right place. And then going back to the chamber, you don't have to be a member of our chamber to be able to get this assistance. I know that this uh, podcast is going to be um, out there and available for businesses everywhere. We are a partner with TAMAC. We're a partner with a lot of the area Hispanic chambers. So if you are a member of any of those associations, we are happy to help you. And any um, client fees are waived. So I think that's important to know. Okay.
0: So let me get this straight. The MBDA Business Center in El Paso is housed in the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, which you do not have to be Hispanic to be a member of, who also handles the Women's Center, but you don't have to be a woman to be able to take the advantages of the resources from that center.
1: That's correct.
0: That is correct. Okay, last question. I'm not in El Paso. I'm on the other side of the state. I want to do this so I obviously, Terry, can't drive over and see you and have a meeting with you. Is there alternatives for people who are not in your immediate area to be able to take advantage of your resources?
1: Oh, yes. So during COVID last year, I mean- Last year, this
0: year, we're still
1: in it. This year, when it started last year, we immediately had to shift the way that we operated. So like most companies, like most organizations, we went to um, virtual, to online, to phone. However we can get together is how we're happy to get together. Their technology allows for almost everything to be done very quickly through email, I, here in my department at the MBDA, we're also a state hub certifier. I know that you're going to talk with me about that shortly, but we do that for businesses around the state. You don't have to be here to do it. You can fill out the application, scan it, and send it to me, and I'll process it for you. So everything is able to be done via technology. We're happy to do it.
0: Great. Good to know. Now, Terry, you said you do not have to be minority uh, to be a part of this, but Let's say, you know, I'm a minority-owned firm. There's a lot of times where having a minority certification can be helpful when putting in for different bids, um, either as a prime or or a second tier. How does a person get their business certified as a minority business enterprise?
1: So one of the very first things that we'll talk to your business about or to a business about is where do they want to do business i typically break that up into three different categories commercial business state and federal think of it as three different buckets right each one of those buckets requires or recognizes a different certification there is not necessarily one that is unified that covers everybody so if the state is where you want to spend your time and want to sell your product or service to then get a certification that the state agencies recognize and um, when you're doing business with the state it's not them only that are in the state bucket if you will school districts utilities municipalities that city and county um and universities all of the ut system they recognize state hub vendors as preferred vendors so that helps them to meet their minority goal if they work with you so that's a great place to be you do have to have a business that is majority owned and controlled by either an ethnic minority or a woman of any ethnicity or a service disabled veteran those are the three minority categories that can apply for a state hub certification
0: and that's we're talking the state of texas
1: correct the state of texas
0: so if i if i'm a woman a minority or a um, a veteran a disabled veteran
1: a service disabled
0: a service disabler, and you can apply and become a hub. And with that certification, then not only can you do business with the state of Texas, but possible universities and other, metropoli- other metropolitan areas that recognize that certification.
1: You can do business with any of those organizations that you mentioned without the state hub certification. But getting that certification puts you in a preferred vendor status because they have a goal to meet when it comes to working with small minority women and veteran owned businesses. So getting this certification really just says, I am who I say I am. I'm a woman. I am an ethnic minority that owns a business. I'm a service disabled veteran that owns a business. And working with my company will help you meet your goals.
0: So Terry, is this this like a set-aside program?
1: So the state hub is not a set-aside program. The set-aside programs are in the federal government. So the federal 8A, the woman-owned small business certification, those have a set-aside component. State agencies, local government, they have to make a good-faith effort to work with small minority women and veteran-owned businesses.
0: So if I were to get certified as a hub, that doesn't guarantee anything. It just gives me maybe a little edge in competing for all the stuff that's out there.
1: Absolutely. It does give you an edge. Um, Here in El Paso, I know working with our local municipalities, if you have two businesses that are competing for the same work, and one of them is hub certified and the other one is not, and everything else being similar, the state hub business will get preference on that bid.
0: Well, with that being said, Terry, why isn't every minority-owned business certified as a hub? I mean, what what are the disadvantages to being a hub that more people aren't certified?
1: I don't think that there are any disadvantages at all. We've been part of this program since 2007. The state of Texas comptroller is the certifying entity, the ultimate authority for this program. Um, and we were given third-party uh, certification status back in 2007, there are almost 500 businesses in the El Paso area. But we have, according to the most recent census, over 64,000 businesses. Um, I think it's a matter of some people are just not, they don't have the time, sometimes it's, they don't necessarily want to work with state government or federal or local for whatever the reason may be. And then in other cases, it's businesses just simply don't have the documentation that's required to go through the application process. For certifications, they typically do take a little bit of time. It's an application process, and then you have to submit a checklist of documents that really verify what you're stating on the application. There is no cost to being a state hub certified business. It's good for four years through any of the certifiers. So Really, the the only thing that I can see is sometimes it takes some work to put together the documentation. They may not have it in place. They don't have time to fill it out, or they just don't want to work with government entities.
0: Question. I know it's not a set-aside. It's very clear. However, there are the preferences for hub vendors. Every year, Terry, money gets left on the table, correct?
1: Correct.
0: I mean, literally millions of dollars have been earmarked to go to hubs yet those businesses are not applying correct do you have any idea of what kind of money was left on the table this last fiscal year?
1: I don't. I can take a look at the report. I'm happy to get back with you with that information. But any money left on the table is really something we don't want to see happen. Every business that believes they have a product or service that they could sell to the government at any level should look into certifications. Um, the fe- the government is a great client. A lot of people believe, gosh, it just takes so much to work with the government, or they take a long time to pay. There's really a lot of misconceptions that are out there, or maybe it was like that before. But in years, it hasn't been like that. I've had the pleasure of being here for 20 years, and I've seen processes become much more streamlined, much more expedited. Working with the government is really not as burdensome as it might have used to be. It is very beneficial to a business as well. They're a great client. I know tech stock suppliers and vendors that know they get paid every 10th of the month, like clockwork. Yes. You have to submit your invoices. Yes. You have to be on track with your tracking and deliver the product or the service but they are a fantastic client. Uh, Textile got our local businesses through a lot of last year's downward turn or spiral because of the pandemic.
0: That's good to know. And it used to be that way, low bid, slow pay. Yeah. And a lot of, especially if you're a smaller owned businesses, you couldn't survive some of those billing cycles that you were getting paid with.
1: Correct. Well, you're not necessarily gonna get rich on, on one or two government contracts. They do look for best value, <laughs> not cheapest, but best value. But they are looking to make that up in quantity. You know, once you have the, your foot in the door and you learn the process, I think it can be very lucrative for a lot of businesses.
0: Absolutely. And I, you're, you're right. Nobody's going to get rich, but I've known some businesses that have done very well. Yes. It's I guess it's all depends on your definition of rich. But anyway, before we move on, Hubs, historically underutilized business. As Terry said, if you are a uh, an ethnic minority, a woman, disabled vetor, uh, vet, you can apply for this program. When it actually got started, it wasn't a set aside, it was a program that actually occurred from a disparity study. Mm -hmm. There is a disparity study that people were saying, people of color, minority-owned businesses were going, this is not fair. It's a good old boy system. It's the same guys getting the contracts over and over and over. And it was literally a a good old boy system. So after the disparity study was done, there was proof positive that the system was favoring white males. Ergo, the hub program came into place that kind of even the playing field a little bit. So this is a program that is not a set aside, but an opportunity for so many years of a discriminatory process that has helped even out a little bit. So if you are a minority owned business and you do qualify, I definitely suggest becoming a hub and you can call Terry from wherever you are in the state of Texas. Do that at no cost. And uh, because your affiliation or you're actually listening to this show, the Latino Business Report, I just tell Terry you heard it here and she will take care of you. Terry, one more time, but your phone number is?
1: So that's 915-351-6232.
0: Perfect. So hub program, let's set that aside. What other programs do you have that we can talk about?
1: Again, like I was mentioning earlier, the technical centers here at the chamber, um, both of us were awarded through the federal government some COVID response teams as well. So we know that every business has been affected by COVID in one way or another. For some that were in a in the very right lanes right they were affected in a very positive way they were able to get a lot of business that came around lots of opportunities came open through COVID. obviously if you're in the remote and online learning and meeting um types of industry and jobs that is something that was in the right lane and was probably very positively affected construction continued to go to work Some security guard companies also were in the very right lane for being able to do this kind of work. But for the ones that were adversely or negatively affected, we have two technical centers that are set up specifically to help your business identify what those challenges are and see how we can help you through it obviously putting your hands on some cash, some available and affordable financing has been a very big challenge to businesses. Finding out how to reopen and operate safely. And then of course, trying to find out how to keep your employees and bring on new employees, if that's what you need to do. All of these are big issues for business and our COVID center business development specialist can help you identify what those issues are and help you to get past them.
0: So it sounds like whatever needs a business may have, they can call you over there in El Paso and get some answers.
1: Absolutely. The only thing we don't do is lend money yet, but we were grant administrators last year for both the city and the county CARES um, Act. We were able to get $2.7 million worth of small business grants out into our community, both the city and the rural areas of the county. So that was to over 587 businesses that had maybe not ever heard of a chamber, didn't know what resources were available and open to them, and really JR businesses that felt like they would never qualify for any kind of idle or PPP loan through the SBA. We were able to get some very much needed money into their hands to continue to operate, or get ready to reopen when the time was right.
0: Wow, Terry, that is great. Just helping keeping our businesses surviving in this difficult mm-hmm. time is is amazing. We've talked about hubs. We've talked about the Women's Center. And we've also talked about, if you weren't listening, from what I hear Terry saying, whether you're an established business or you're an upstart, they have solutions for any problem you may bump into. Let's jump over to the national level real quick, Terry, and that's kind of the 8A program. What can you do for folks who are interested in doing business with the federal government?
1: we can um, really help you to identify which is the best small business certification for you. So if you'll remember, for state entities I mentioned, they have a good faith effort that they need to meet, right? They have to really work with agencies like our Chamber, like TAMAC, like the United States Hispanic Chamber members to identify these businesses that could potentially bid on their projects. For the federal government, it's a little bit different. They have a goal of 23% of their spend that needs to be spent on these types of businesses as well. Small, minority women and service disabled veterans they have their own small business certifications that they recognize and by they i mean any federal agency any military installation anything in the federal bucket so those certifications are the 8a the federal hub zone which is very different than the state of texas hub certification there's the woman-owned small business and the service-disabled veteran-owned business. We are also a certifier, like for the State Hub, we are a third-party certifier for the federal woman-owned small business. That means we take your application. It doesn't go to the SBA. It comes directly here. Our Women's Center reviews it and issues that certificate. And then we help you to learn how to use it uh, to market to the right federal agencies. The difference between uh, commercial and state and federal is federal does have set-aside programs. And another benefit is the sole source. So in these instances, money is set aside. Projects are set aside specifically for these um, certified businesses. So all of a sudden, you are bidding against other 8As, other federal hub zone, other woman-owned, but you're not bidding against all small business. So it really does increase your chances at being able to win this award.
0: Wow. Did I hear you right? 23%.
1: Yes, 23%. And if they don't meet that, there's actually a report card that's done on every federal agency. They're given a grade of A to F, just like when we were in school, right? On how well they did, how did they meet that uh, goal? They have to make every attempt possible to find these businesses to bid on their set-aside projects. So they do make a tremendous effort with minority organizations organizations, which is why you should be a member of some organization, even if it's not mine, be a member of a trade organization that is specific to minority business and their development. Because we get the notifications about these awards or opportunities. We get notifications about buildings that are being built, bridges that are going to be built, jobs that are put aside for small minority women or veteran-owned business.
0: 23%. I'm just thinking, I'm saying 23% of all the money the federal government spends. If I had point zero I'd
1: be a rich man. Yes. We should all be trying to get a piece of the federal government pie or the state or the local. I mean, these are great opportunities.
0: I mean, after all, it's our money anyway. I mean, we put the money in there. Okay. Well, Terry, I uh, I want to thank you so much for taking time and um, kind of explaining the different programs, the Women's Center, the Texas Hub program, uh, the 8A program. I know there's a lot more questions people may have, but we encourage you guys in the notes, I'm going to put your email address, Terry, and I'm going to go ahead and put your phone number in there. And if you're within listening range in the state of Texas, guys, please call Terry, tell him you heard it on the Latino Business Report. And um, to my friends up there, For some reason, there's a group of people up in Canada, mostly Quebec, that listen to this show religiously. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to give you a shout-out. Thanks for listening. Send me an email. Give a comment. Love to hear from you. If you like what you're hearing, if you'd like to find out more about what Terry is doing and what the Latino Business Report is covering. Uh, Send us a note. Give us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. You can listen to us uh, anywhere where you listen to your favorite music or podcast. Terry, before we go, any closing thoughts or uh, reminders you want to give the audience out there?
1: Oh, yes. Thank you, JR, again, for um, having me today. It's been fun. I look forward to hearing from any business out there that's listening, even if you just need somebody to clear it up for you. We have talked about a lot of different things. Let me know. Let me help to put it in perspective, tell you what your business can qualify for and how we can help you. Let's not leave any money on the table and let's definitely take advantage of all of the opportunities that are out there.
0: And remember, folks, to take advantage of the uh, Women's Center, you don't have to be a woman. To take advantage of everything the Hispanic Chamber has to offer, you don't have to be Hispanic. And if you don't take advantage of the opportunities for small businesses and the things that Terry's are offering, well, you need to rethink your business strategy because it's definitely a plus. You've been listening to the Latino you know Business Report brought to you by Tamak. My name is J. Gonzalez. Y'all be careful out there. This nasty little thing called COVID is still going around. Mask up and take care of yourself, and we'll see you next time.